Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. With Glenn gone, we have all these awesome lineups uh, taking place. So we've got Stu here. Stu Bergier is back. Mm. Uh, and then we've got Mr. David Harris Jr. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. You are jack of all trades. Author, political commentator, social media king. Uh, just everything, all Trying. in one package. <laughs> so it's great to have you back. And Thank then you. we've got Mr. Aaron Colon from yep. TheBlaze.com, writer for Blaze.com. Yep. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We always appreciate it. Stu, what was the top story for you? Uh, yesterday we had a rare moment of bipartisanship, and I would like to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. You're sitting in Glenn's chair. That's your job. Do. All right, David. The censorship, it just uh, it continues. Graham's been hit. Uh, Steven Crowder's been hit. I've been hit. And I want to talk about that a little bit. All right. And Aaron? I want to talk about how Illinois just enacted one of the most possibly extreme abortion laws in the nation today. And uh, the language in it is pretty striking. So. Mm. All right. Obviously, a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, so if there are those of you out there who are you just you're just living in constant pain, um, I know the struggle of living in constant pain. And what is it, Stu? Like 66% of people who live in pain just assume that that's just going to be their life and there's no way out. Yeah. They just have given up essentially trying to fight it. That's sad. the most depressing yeah. thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but I do know, I mean, it, it pain, it does crazy things to you. Um, you know, you get, you're just depressed all the time. You're walking around picking fights with your spouse, maybe, because you're just in pain and you're grumpy all the time. Um, Relief Factor has worked for a lot of people here at The Blaze. It's worked for Glenn, who was in severe pain and, you know, couldn't do th simple things like paint, and now he's painting. Um, I was in a severe car accident and had a bunch of protruding and herniated discs in my spine and nothing worked for me. I tried massage, I tried acupuncture, I tried prescription drugs, I tried everything. Um, nothing worked for me. They wanted me to get injections. They wanted me to go under, put me under every six months and get steroid injections. And I didn't do it and I tried Relief Factor instead. I didn't need the steroids. I just needed Relief Factor. Um, it's 100% drug-free. It targets the inflammation in your body, which you really, a lot of the time, don't know. That's the root cause of your pain. They have a three-week quick start plan that you can, you buy it. It's $19.95. 70% of the people who buy that, they go on to keep ordering more. It's working for the majority of people. It can work for you if you're in pain. Go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. I'd say it's worth the $19.95 to try to, uh, to get out of pain. All right, Stu, thank you for ruining uh, any hope that we had of bipartisanship. What you got? I take happy times and I ruin them. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, so yesterday, John Stewart uh, sat in front of a congressional panel and uh, talked about the 9-11 Victims Fund uh, and the, the on potential ongoing funding. And he was very angry uh, and was yelling at the congressman. Let me give you a quick uh, taste of what that was like. I want to thank Mr. Collins and Mr. Naylor for putting this together, but... Uh, as I sit here today, I can't help but think what an incredible metaphor this room is for the entire process that getting health care and benefits for 9-11 first responders has come to. <clears throat> Behind me, a filled room of 9-11 first responders, and in front of me, a nearly empty Congress. Sick and dying, they brought themselves down here to speak to no one. It's shameful. It's an embarrassment to the country, and it is a stain on this institution. And you should be ashamed of yourselves for those that aren't here, but you won't be. 
because accountability doesn't appear to be something that occurs in this chamber. Harsh words. Yeah, and really, really passionate. And um, of course, you know, he's right. Right. I mean, like, I, there's no question about it. I mean, the bipartisan reaction to it was that John Stewart is completely right. And he is right. I mean, I, we obviously should be making sure that we fund 9-11 uh, you know, the benefits and the health benefits of these people who did everything they could. And in many cases, you know, they're still dying today yeah. um, from these things. And of course, we all want uh, these things to be completely funded. Um, so I, Stewart, to me, seems completely legitimate in this moment. And it, from all accounts, has been a real a real advocate for 9-11 victims. He's taken it seriously. We know how, we know how freaking celebrities are. They're generally speaking awful. Um, and they don't typically do anything that you want them to do. And John Stewart seems to really have done that. Obviously, he's a uh, no conservative by any means. Wouldn't, I'm sure he would not like any of the things that we typically say on the show. Um, but, you know, he seems like he's a good guy and the families really love him and like he's done a good job with this. So all that being said, and it's important that all is that is said when, you, when we go into this because, you know, the, there was a legit bipartisan like cheer and the media in particular is where I want to go with this because they as well, you know, took this on and said, look at this, John Stewart, he's righteous. He's coming after uh, Congress and in these, you know, these congressmen are doing nothing for these victims and look at them. They didn't even show up. True. But on the other side, we have to tap the brakes a little bit on this. The, the news media's job is not to be an advocate. They're not supposed to be activists. They're supposed to be people who are reporting the news and giving perspective on the news. Um, the, the perspective of the reality of this situation, with all, with all the anger from Jon Stewart and righteous anger that he had, the, the true perspective here is there is absolutely no chance this will not get funded. There is literally 0% chance that this is not going to get funded. The f- it's already funded until the end of 2020. If you think that Congress, in the middle of an election, in a presidential election, is going to go in there and rip funding away from 9-11 victims' families, you're nuts. There is no chance this is going to occur. And, of course, this has been the same thing every five years. The way the fund has worked is every five years they're renewing this money going to these, going to these victims. And they deserve the money, and they will get the money, and everyone in America will cheer when they get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve the money, and they should get it. Uh, but the media, instead of saying, okay, well, you know, this is a moment, and John Stewart's passionate, but... So everyone knows here, like, they're going to get this money. It's been approved every time. It's always approved unanimously. Yes, there are sometimes questions about where the money comes from, and it gets a little complicated at times. But this is, this is very normal standard practice. Instead of doing that, they all get up on their soapboxes and say how evil, you know, politicians are and how bad they are for not showing up and not caring. And look, if you're going to invite them there, there should be people there for them to, to be, they should be listened to, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll 100% with that. But in addition to that, I think the perspective needs to be out there that this is something that will happen and is essentially guaranteed to happen. They should not be in any doubt at all. And I think uh, acting as if it is in doubt is putting them in an uncertain position. In addition to that, I would say that it's not necessarily a terrible idea for the United States government to revisit large funding programs every five years. Like, just as a True. general perspective, um, look, the 9-11 one is pretty freaking clear cut. And they get whatever they want, basically, as far as I'm concerned. I'm never going to fight a funding battle on that. I want them to get every single penny that they, that they need. Um, but, like, how often, I mean, 
99% of the rest of the government is really the problem. It's not the 1% they're actually looking at every five yeah. years. It's the other 99% that they're never looking at any year. They never go back to a baseline budget system. They never go back and revisit these earlier expenses. These guys will live and die to build a bridge to an island where no one lives. Um, you know, we all know they're going to, at the end of the day, fund this. And, you know, they should make it as easy as possible as this is about as open and shut as it, as it can get. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Did you see the video where Jon Stewart was actually thanking Donald Trump because he was taking action mm-hmm. that was pushing some of the 9-11 relief through faster? Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. It was maybe six months ago. Mm-hmm. But he was yes. speaking. He was very outspoken about, he, he said, you know, it, it, being a liberal and just being, uh, you know, the, the, the Hollywood... Uh, celebrity that he is, he kind of knew he was crossing some boundaries, and he was like, I don't really care. Yeah, I've seen more action take place under this administration for the relief of the 9-11 victims than he had been. So I think there's that's some of the built-up anger that he's feeling, mm-hmm. but uh, I was at least surprised and, and great that he, that he saw that there was a difference. So something must be stonewalling or slowing down the, the relief that these 9-11 victims and their families had been getting yeah, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's fully funded until the end of next year. So, I mean, like, this is just the very beginning of the process of renewal. It's not, you know, look, we're, you know, we're 18 months away from this funding ending. Like, the government, you know, takes a lot of things too close to the deadlines. It does a lot of stuff yeah. like this. But, you know, to, to, to act as if, like, this is, you know, they're, they're making it sound like it's, like, teetering on the edge of these people not being able to go to the doctor next week. And, mm-hmm. and reality is just not the situation. They're going to get their money. They should get their money. Um, and, you know, I think the media is so worried about trying to score points and act like they're, you know, these like just social, you know, social justice sort of warriors and, and fighting for, for everything that's right and, and everyone else is wrong and we're always right. And it's like, well, you know, like add some perspective to it. Isn't it your job to help educate people on what's actually happening yeah. in the government? I think one of the things that stood out to me from that video was just the fact that he said that those people took their time, their val- most valuable commodity, which is yeah. their time, mm-hmm. to go down there. And I think it's interesting as we're talking about congressional pay raises, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. We well, need those at least people. AOC is. <laughs> yes. Right. And, you know, those people, they need to show up. That's an important thing when there's an issue this important and, as you said, should be this clear cut. Yeah. They need to show up and respect the people who are taking their time to come lobby on behalf of their issues. Those people, those Congress people, need to show up um, in order to be justifying the pay that they already get, and in the fact that some of them want raises. You know what I mean? Half of them are freaking running for president, so they, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, all the time. campaigning. It's yeah. a priorities thing. It's yeah. definitely it priorities. It seems to be a, a common theme now, David, in the media uh, that context is just not something that's even looked at anymore. Context of any sort of given situation, you know, Stu, like you were talking about, the context of the fact that, hey. This has not run out yet. This is still fully funded. This, you know, we've still got time to, to handle this. Seems like context is just something of the past when it comes to mainstream media. Well, so much attention is placed on just being a hot topic. You know, so much behind the scenes in media period is first story, create a, create a story. If you can embellish a story and when you're looking at the left leaning mainstream media, you know, 90 percent of mainstream media is, is left leaning. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're too much into actual facts anyway. It's, it's how much can we drive a story, how much attention can we get from the story, and a lot of times they just leave context out. They're just trying to create a heartbeat. Uh, you know, they're trying to strike the heartbeat of the people, and uh, the story does, but the context is what people are missing. And I think if people had the context on this story particularly, 
they probably wouldn't be so uh, upset about it. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's not the worst thing in the world that every once in a while we get a reminder uh, that we're not supposed to forget these people. Right. You know, yeah, like absolutely. Even yeah. if it is just an emotional appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad that that happens from time to time because, you know, it is, I mean, look, you know, they did such a good job in some ways. It's like it's easy to forget for a lot of right. people. I think you, know, you forget, okay, well, there's not constant tragedy going on in our faces, so we don't necessarily mm-hmm. notice it. Um, we should remember it. We should notice it. And this should be funded. But that's the thing is it will be. Um, and thankfully, you know, I mean, I don't know that every country on earth does this for, for people. I mean, I've been watching the Chernobyl uh, series on HBO and, yeah. and like, you know, the Soviet Union did all sorts of crazy things to the people who were working on their disasters. Uh, you know, hopefully we can do a lot better than that. We, you know, we saw some really horrible consequences for these people who legitimately were heroes in there working during and, and the moments after and the days and months after. Uh, and, you know, completely, I mean, really legitimately, I don't know anyone who disagrees with making sure that this gets done. And, you know, and Trump has been really good on this. I mean, you know, there's a lot of criticism that goes along, for, you know, with Trump for various things, but he's been, he does care. I mean, the guy, the guy is legitimately loves America and cares about so this too. type of thing. And, and, you know, it's good that Stewart can, can acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Before we get to censorship of conservatives, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. Before we get into uh, overtime, and by the way, you don't want to miss it because we are going to be discussing, as Aaron said, uh, the most lax um, abortion bill in the country to date. I want to make sure, David, you tell everyone where they can find your book. Absolutely. Why I couldn't stay silent. I mean, if there was a title and I need to write a part two because of what Facebook's done. Yeah. Uh, Candace Owens wrote the forward for this amazing uh, friend of mine, DavidHarrisJr.com. Click on my store, click on book tab, and you can get this book that shares why I support the president, uh, why I'm pro-life, and uh, why I believe that uh, it's waking people up going into 2020. I get a lot of feedback from that. Have you lost friends because of this? Yeah, and even family. I mean, I've even I've actually had family members say, "When did you start hating black people?" Mm. You're like, like, "Um, are you kidding? Hello, (laughs) I do. (laughs) What happened to you?" So, but it's waking people up. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people that have given it to people on the fence or even liberals that say, "Wow, I never saw those things." So, Mm -hmm. uh, amazing book, especially going into 2020 for people to get. Mm. All right. Well, you guys make sure to tune in to Overtime. Like I said, there is much more to come. BlazeTV.com. See you there. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Aaron, you said that uh, we now in Illinois have the most extreme abortion law in the country. Yep, today the governor signed the Reproductive Health Act, as it's called, Senate Bill 25. Um, And the main purpose of this bill, and it's literally in the text of the bill, is to establish the fundamental right of somebody to get an abortion. And the second sort of tenet of it is it takes away any independent rights that an embryo or a fetus has. And so this language, you can see how that language is very targeted to just sort of take the... uh, the personhood debate out of the abortion debate. Mm-hmm. And so in this bill, in this law, um, abortions are legal up to viability. Now viability is determined by the professional opinion of the doctor who says whether or not they believe this baby would be able to survive without extraordinary medical care outside the womb. So it's pretty subjective. It's not a this many weeks sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's subjective yeah, right and there. What, what you know? constitutes as extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so that in itself is more broad, it's more lax. Um, and so it's, just, it's notable that um, the governor was talking about how proud he was of this, this victory for women's rights. And it's notable how it frames it in sort of the reproductive health of women's rights framework. And it, does, it just takes another step away from framing this debate as this is a life, what do we do with this life? Instead, it's a healthcare issue. It takes away any rights of the fetus or embryo. It doesn't talk about unborn or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just another step in that direction of fighting this battle, you know, for making abortion sound like something that it's not. Hmm. I fail to see how this is reproductive either. <coughs> yeah. I, I yeah, miss the it. science lesson yeah, yeah. in how killing the thing that you're supposed to reproduce <laughs> constitute as some sort of reproductive health. Yeah, I said it's a really fascinating one because, I, I mean, like, I, the thing I really don't understand about all this is the proud, being proud yeah. of something yeah. like this. Yeah. It's like, even if, let's just say you're, you're pro-choice, like, you're, what, you're, what your basic argument is, like, well... You know, the mom would probably, you know, she doesn't think she'd have a good enough life or have a, a, an ability to care for this kid. And the kid would probably have a bad life. And that's sad. So let's get rid of it. Now, look, that logic to me is completely insane. Right. right? Like, yeah. I mean, people, you know, it, just because your life sucks doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to live it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that being said, like, that's not a, a fun decision. Right. Like it, saying even if you think that's the right way of thinking about it, you'd think, well, this is a terrible loss like this. We think this kid would have such a bad life that we think we just have to end the life. Instead, it's proud. Like, wow, we did a great thing here to make sure that that baby no longer has a chance at you know, accomplishing anything or, 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 or loving someone or, or anything. I do want to note that another thing, after viability, there is still a possibility of abortion if it affects the life, obviously, or the emotional or psychological oh, health yes, of the mother. Of course. Which and there's a lot, of, there's a lot of subjectivity in that. What does that yep. mean? Uh, and, and so up after, to nine and what, Right, and yeah. what could be subjective about a, a woman who's nine months pregnant and her hormones are completely out of whack. Right. What could possibly go <laughs> so, wrong? You said that. Yeah. We didn't say it. I <laughs> <Right>. said it. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, like, I, you know, in the, I think it was the New York bill, maybe in the Vermont or Virginia, there's been so many of them lately. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they, you know, the, the, we've mm -hmm. talked about these restrictions before, like, you know, mental health, mm -hmm. physical health, familial <laughs> health. It's like, wait, so if my uncle, like, might get sad over this baby? We, I don't even understand what these things mean. Um, it's just a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a far line. And, you know, viability, you know, Roe versus Wade talks a lot about viability as well. And, and you know, they, they put it around 24 weeks. We've mm -hmm. seen it, um, we've seen that move with science up to, you know, around 21 weeks now. And it's only going to get earlier and earlier and earlier with viability. Um, and, you know, but when you can make it, well, it's just a matter of what the doctor feels on that yeah. given day. Yep. You basically open it up to no exceptions at all. You're just going to have to so make some you, sort of health argument, and you're going to be able to get. You find the right, you know, provider, and they can they might go as far as you know as far as they can. Mm -hmm. I also think culturally, um, it's very dangerous uh, to say that we only want people to live in really amazing lives with no, you know, um, no objections thrown at them, um, you know, no bumps along the way. Your life is not worth living unless mm. it is perfect, right? Because we had Terrence Williams who came on the show um, last week. Yes, and he so had an amazing life. story, though. Yeah. Um, you know, and he said, my mom wasn't a great mom, and she had nine of us. Um, and I didn't have a great childhood. I went through foster care. You know, it wasn't great, but I at least had the chance to survive. I had the chance at life. Yep. And it's like, 
it's okay to go through life having trials and you know tribulations and and objections thrown at you and things to overcome. That's what makes us who we are. And I just worry that we have this culture who we're just saying, no, our lives have to be perfect because we live in America and everyone should be living this first world life. And it's playing God, it's saying it like, we're going to project is. out what this baby's life might be, and if it doesn't, if we can find a way to make it seem like that's not going to be great, right. well, then there's a justification for abortion, and it's scary. Yeah, I mean, you know, we make this argument a lot. I think as pro-life people which say like you know like you have all these abortions how many albert einsteins did they knock off how many you know how many incredible people Mm -hmm. and it's a good argument it's a pragmatic argument and in some ways it's almost a selfish argument it's like well from albert einstein we would all benefit from albert einstein Mm -hmm. well there's also probably 59 million other people exactly many of them would have sucked Mm -hmm. they may have had terrible they may have been really the annoying person in front of you at mcdonald's that that takes 25 minutes to order they still (laughs) have the right to live right like it it doesn't have to be something like you, you can be a very mediocre a failure, mm-hmm. and that's still your right to have a chance to live that life, and and you get to decide what that becomes. I mean, like the idea that 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 you just get rid of everybody who you think might have a lesser life than you is. I mean, that is back like eugenic. That's like eugenics. Like that is the yeah. thought behind that, and that's got to be troubling to most people. I don't understand how it isn't. Yeah. Well, not even just the not even just from the <laughs> the ones that were you know parked behind that are taking half an hour to order or you know the, <laughs> you know that extreme to the Albert Einstein but my my own story is my wife to me is amazing she's the most amazing woman on the planet and she found out when she was in her late 20s that her mom got up and walked out of the abortion clinic wow her mom was was dying of cancer and her her sister was over to visit and tells my wife's mom aren't you glad you left that abortion clinic at the last minute Oh, my God. And my, my wife's mom passed a few months later, but my wife had the opportunity to at least hear mm-hmm. that she was almost going to be aborted. Mm-hmm. So for my wife, she's, she had a whole brand new, newfound just joy and, and thankfulness that her mom chose as a single mom, no father going to be present, mm-hmm. chose to struggle and actually have her, which has become my wife for 25 years now. And we've got two amazing daughters None of that would have been possible had my wife's mom chosen what she felt was going to be an easier route to just abort, abort my wife. And those and are the kind of stories that don't come up when you take away the idea that this is a person that we're talking about. You know? Yeah. Mm. Wow. Um, all right. So Kamala Harris... She has come out. She's she's trying to no relation to me. <laughs> none, none, no. none at sure? all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, she's trying to you know scrap her way to the top, and um, she has vowed. She's come out very strong. She has vowed to prosecute President Trump if she wins the White House. Get out of here. Yeah. What happened to them complaining about lock her up, lock her I up? I know yeah. that was what my happened to that. Yeah. Pelosi's saying it now. Kamala Harris oh is saying gosh. we got to go put him in prison. What happened to that whole thing? Do you remember how heartfelt that was? Oh, I can't believe they're talking about locking up their political enemies. This is a disgrace. Now it's like well, free reign. I guess when it's Trump, really every rule gets to be broken. Mm-hmm. You just allowed to say whatever you want. Haven't even got to the first debate, and they're already saying what they're going to, you know, do with the previous. Pre- I mean, it's just so yeah. far ahead of the game, you know, mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah, that's a, it's a function of twenty-four candidates too. I mean, mm-hmm. like they just all feel this headlines, need headlines, to go. Headlines, headlines, And I will say the one guy who is trying to play this a different way. We talked about this yesterday. Is Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, he's trying. He, look, Joe Biden is no moderate at all. He's a he's very liberal. You know, he's a very liberal old school Democrat, but. He is at least recognizing that there are some Democrats and independents that could vote for him that aren't crazy socialists. 
And like, yeah. I, it's a smart strategy. You know, whether he can pull it off for 18 months is a whole other story. He's gonna get, there's going to be pressure on him because oh, they're going to yes. start turning that light on him. And he's going to have falling out of his closet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Sons. Speaking of Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, we all talk. We can talk about Trump. We can talk about the election. And obviously, it's, it's an interesting conversation. But we all know now uh, that it's over, that Joe Biden's going to win because he's promised to cure cancer. <laughs> so who, what kind of horrible person I'm voting would not vote for him? I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> uh, Where'd Stu go? <laughs> uh, Joe Biden did actually say that. Uh, no. Unbelievable. Yes. And I believe we have the video. Unbelievable. Look. We know about cancer, a lot of us. How many of you have lost someone to cancer or someone you love? Folks, imagine what we could do if we invested half of that cockamamie tax cut he gave, even a tenth of it in scientific research to deal with what's happening with cancer ended as we know it. Oh. You went on to legitimately say, I promise if I, if I get elected that, I, that we will cure cancer. <gasps> wow. Um, which is a fascinating oh thing to gosh. say. Now, I guess if you're going to corner him, I mean, look, Joe Biden, his worst, the worst thing about him, right, is he just basically, not the worst thing, because his policies are really bad. But I mean, <laughs> he also gropes a lot of people. But like the yeah, third worst thing about him. him. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> is he just blurts stuff out. He doesn't, you know, he's not a precise speaker Which, at by the all. way, is very similar to Trump. Yeah, Trump, yeah. And that's a big, you know, they, that's been the one knock on Trump, right? Like that, a lot yeah. of times he'll just say stuff. And it's not exact. you kind of get kind of what he means. But he, this one, you know, maybe he could argue, well, I'm talking about funding. What I'm saying is I, I'm optimistic about the future of research or whatever but i mean like this is the ultimate cheese like politician claim that like just vote for me and cancer will go away your cancer yes how gullible (laughs) do a person have to be to listen to that exactly and think that he's even got a shot yeah so uh, what's amazing about a standing ovation after he said oh that's how gullible people are right now so we've we on wonderful world of stew we did a series of commercials of these two fake congressmen that would go back and forth it was ernie velveeta and harold flimlasky and they would like (laughs) fake go back and forth with really bad attack ads it was just kind of a way of making fun of the way they do you know people do attack ads and make big political promises during the campaign the crazy thing is One of the fake, let's come up with the craziest scenario things that we came up with (laughs) was what if one of the candidates said they were going to cure cancer if you elected them? Oh my gosh. It's exactly what Joe Biden says. We have the spot. Life imitating art. Are you better off than you were two years ago? Probably not with all this cancer. (laughs) While Ernie Velveeta watched TV, raked leaves, and went to his cousin's wedding, cancer continued to spread. (laughs) But there is hope. Harold Flemlasky has spent the last few weeks curing cancer, and his work is finally done. So your choice is simple. Vote for Ernie Malignant Velveeta and stay the course on the war on cancer. Or vote for Harold Benign Flemlasky and see if he has the cure. Harold Flemlasky. At least he claims he's cured cancer. <laughs> What's insane about that is, at the end, he actually says, if you elect him, you'll see if he has the cure. He's actually making a smaller promise oh than Biden, gosh. who's actually saying he has the oh, cure. Oh, man. That is classic. I mean, I just, I, I cannot believe We have become the onion. Yeah. Like, For I real mean, life, what is now the onion. That? Uh, that was, I mean, two years ago? Wow. Two years ago? And here it is. Like, this is, like, now we are in the position where, and not, you're right, like, not, we're getting standing ovations for this. No one's mm-hmm. laughing at him. There's wow. not, a, I mean, where is the late night routine? Will we get that tonight? I, no. Will we get a, a, no. an endless yeah. late night routine from Absolutely Jimmy Kimmel not. about how ridiculous it is? That yeah, who, who on uh, Joe's campaign 
actually said, hey, you know what? You'll be really good. Just throw out there that you'll, you'll cure cancer. Yeah. cancer. <laughs> I bet you it'll go well. Yeah. <laughs> he throws it out there. Amazingly, probably will, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this is this wow. is the benefit of being a, a leftist is you just never have to deal with that sort of questioning. And uh, it makes for really crappy candidates. I mean, it, honestly, it makes because they're never used to defending themselves. They're never used to fighting back. They're never used to having to be precise. He's supposed yeah. to be the reasonable one of the group. Yeah. And yeah. this is what we're getting. Oh, from goodness. Yeah. It's going to be a long 18 months, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll, Democrats have a new bill. We referenced this earlier, giving members of Congress a raise from $174,000 a year to $178,500. I don't, I would like to just point out the grammatical error yes, in this. Does, our, Does our politicians, so I would like to correct it. It was not me. Do our politicians deserve a raise? 98% said no. Ugh, it was so close you to the 100%. Wow. Who is this 2% yeah. who said yes? What the hell do you think they're doing there? Somebody must have a good congressperson in their district. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, but as a whole, good It's the Russian bots. Yeah. It must be the Russian yeah. bots. You're yeah, right. 2%. They're creating division. Doggone well, it. AOC who voted for that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. And today's poll, do men and women have equal rights in America in 2019? Oh, hmm. Yeah, yeah let us know poll. what you think still. Uh, I think women have too many rights. I think we need to go back. Uh, no more voting, first of all. You guys are screwing Driving. the whole thing up. I've seen who you guys vote for. We've seen the numbers. Uh, it's a problem. You need to fix that, then we'll get you back in the voting booth. What about you, David? Uh, in my house, my wife has all the rights. Yeah. <laughs> That's the so, way it's supposed to be. So I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on with anybody that's thinking any different, but in, in most men's homes that I know, but I know a lot of conservatives, too. Mm-hmm. Women wear the pants of the family, so I, yeah, I think that they've got... Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get us demonetized here, but I, I think things are pretty equal <laughs> in most cases, yeah. but that's controversial. So Yeah. Uh, well, let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank it you. was wonderful, and we will see you guys tomorrow. There's no one who's more anti-women than women. Than women, it's always I know. Women. Specifically <laughs> me. Women. You, yeah, like I, I... Oh, I said I do not want a female president. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.